Hi. Good evening. I was just playing with the screens here. I'm Dr. George Andow. Welcome to A Journey Through. And I'm so grateful that you're here with me tonight. And we have a very lovely surprise. I have a great guest with me tonight. And her name is Joanne Miles. Before I introduce her, I want to wondering if any of you might be wondering why we entitled tonight's show The Invisible Wounding. And I think I might have mentioned it in one of the other shows that um, I was considered the ugly duckling in my family and then having scoliosis didn't help because I lived with an invisible wound. Now, we all have invisible wounds because we all walk around with psychic and psychological wounds that no one sees, that we try to defend against. But what we're going to be looking at tonight is a little different. It's a physical wound that turns into a psychic and psychological wound, I would say for most. And it certainly was for me, which I'm going to share a little bit with you. But the incredible woman that I have here with us tonight, I've known her for a very, very long time, and I'm going to introduce her now. And welcome, Joanne Miles. Thank you, Georgianne. I'm delighted to be here this evening and to have this important discussion with you. Well, it's a blessing that you said yes. It's a blessing that you said yes. So we've known each other I don't know, probably close to 40 years, maybe a little less. But um, I, I remember when we first met. But what was interesting is having scoliosis, it's, it's hidden because no one sees it unless you're in a bathing suit or you're naked. And I don't know about you, but I generally don't run around naked. And because of the, because of the scoliosis, I really never went to the beach. But how mine occurred was I was 14 years old and I used to dance. And my mother said, walk towards me. You look crooked. She put me in the car, drove me to the doctor, and they diagnosed me with scoliosis, which is a deformity of the spine. So there is scoliosis, which is a lateral curve. There is kyphosis, which is a hunchback. And there is lordosis, doses which is a sway back. So I had never seen or met anybody with scoliosis. And it's a very, because it's hidden, it's a very weird kind of silent pain. It's not like having a hand that's deformed as much as that's difficult. No one can see this. So you're wounded on so many levels and no one really can see it. Um, so I was walking down the street one day in Huntington Village. I live in Huntington. And I saw a woman crossing the street. She was an older woman. And she had a very bad scoliosis. I had a 68 degree curve, which is pretty bad. And I saw her crossing the street and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I went running over to her. And I said, oh, my gosh, I just had to ask you you have scoliosis, don't you? And she said, yes. And I was 17 at the time. She was probably close to 50. And I got into a whole conversation with her. So I was very excited to meet someone with scoliosis. So I thought that anyone that had scoliosis would be happy to meet someone else with scoliosis. It was like a silent private club. So um I worked in a clinic at that time and um, Joanne walked in the clinic and as soon as I saw her, because it was like radar, as soon as I saw her, I could see that she had scoliosis. No one else would ever know, but I could tell. Do you want to finish the story? Uh, I remember the day vividly. I was in my late 20s. It was a hot day in July, and I was wearing a blue sundress, sleeveless, and I had my hair pulled up. 
and uh, you greeted me very warmly and you said you have scoliosis. And I was so taken aback because I had spent my life hiding it. And when you said that to me, my immediate thought was, oh, I should have worn my hair down to hide the curvature in my neck, the cervical scoliosis. And the thing was that no one had ever said that to me except for an orthopedist or a physician with a trained eye. And when you said it, I, I wanted to literally take myself back. I wanted to create distance between us. And as I came to know you, I realized that you were a gift to me. You were a gift to me because I was so alone with it. I never had anybody to talk to about it. And um, in talking to you, I could see myself, I could understand it, and I realized I was not alone in my challenge. Beautiful. Yes, and that's one of, thank you so much, Joanne. I'm so glad you're here with me tonight. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to create my my show on this station. Sam's incredible, and he offers all of us that want to have a show so much opportunity um, here. Very generous man. And because there's so much, you know, I'm as a psychoanalyst, spiritual director, there's so much that we all walk around with that we want to hide, that we feel shameful about. I certainly did having scoliosis. Obviously, that's what Joanne is talking about, the incredible shame of having a deformity. And feeling deformed. Um, And with the psychological experiences that we all grow up with dysfunction, we can feel deformed and we look to hide. So we all walk around with some level of shame where we want to hide. And I wanted to create a station where people just like myself, like you, we're all the same, can can hear and listen to others that are struggling so that they, you might, we might all be able to feel, experience in love that we're all the same. Joanne, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience? Because I certainly, um, I, I, I lived with so much shame with this. Um, you know, when you're looking, talking about body image, Um, You know, as much as you do to hide it, I had the surgery, so I have a 12-inch stainless steel rod in my back, and, you know, it lasted 30-something years, and then I had to have further surgery just this past two years. Um, Thank God all went well, but it's a very severe surgery. It's very serious, and um, even though I've had the surgery and I'm relatively straight, um, there's your body image, once you're a young person and you have uh, body image challenges, it never leaves you. You learn to deal with it and grow up with it, but it it's quite challenging. So I'm going to just sit back, Joanne, and let you share um, because there's so many different types of hidden woundings. And I know that with scoliosis, there comes many others. Okay. Thank you, Georgian. Um I think in, you have to look at the time in which the person was growing up in. And I was born in the 50s and grew up in the 50s and the 60s and a little bit of the 70s until I was, quote unquote, an adult. And back in that time, I think that uh, topics that were difficult, that were taboo, were not discussed. Uh, I think as society has evolved We are much more willing to look at, we consider anomalies or what's not normal. Um, I, just to give you a little bit of my history, my pediatrician diagnosed me at age five with scoliosis. And I was sent to an orthopedic surgeon who confirmed the diagnosis and told me that I had what was known as idiopathic of no known origin, and my curve was only 11 degrees. But I was under the auspices of this orthopedist 
all through my childhood, all through my teens, until at age 18, I was discharged and declared stable. And I was stable until I wasn't. And what was an 11 degree curve morphed into what is now a 62 degree curve. Right. And what I learned was that I did not have idiopathic scoliosis. I actually had congenital scoliosis, which um, my spine didn't form properly in utero. And it was progressing. So I grew up with a lot of shame and denial. Uh, I was very good at denial. Um, I, I, I can remember that I had all kinds of euphemisms for what was wrong with my back. When people would say, well, what's wrong with your back? Because I was complaining yeah. quite a bit about my back. And I would yeah. say, oh, my back is a mess from my years of ballet dancing. Oh, my back is a mess because I rode horses. That was more palatable in my mind than using the word scoliosis. Because yes, because you were quite a, an accomplished equestrian and dancer, if I recall. I did. And I, yes. I you know, I, I did that. I was able to do that partially because of denial. I, I just decided that I was going to do these things, and they were very challenging for me, um, but I silently suffered. I, I was not going to give in to myself with it. And, um, you know, right. funny, but about like all of the euphemisms for the term, I started to feel more comfortable about admitting and notice I used the word admitting that I had this physical deformity as I got older. Because as my friends and my peers around me were aging as well, and they now had sports related injuries, repetitive stress injuries. Uh, everybody was talking about their herniated discs and their sciatica. And I said, oh, well, I have that too. And um, then when some friends were diagnosed with adult onset of scoliosis, now I felt safe and I could say, oh, well, I have scoliosis. But I, I could not even use the word for, for decades. For decades, I didn't, I didn't use the word. And um, I think that, you know, um, there's a lot of denial. You, you, you don't want anybody to see that you're disfigured right. and a tremendous amount of emotional wounding to use the word wounding that goes on with yep. this uh, health issue. Yes. One of the most difficult um, experiences for any child is a, a, a rejection and abandonment. And certainly most of us have had, some flavor of that growing up. But with scoliosis, it is incredibly scary to think that someone might see that we have something going on and reject us. I remember when I started dating, um, I had a boy, 17 years old, put his arm around me and say, oh my gosh, what's the matter with your back? I wanted to crawl under the chair. It was really quite something. And those type of things scar uh, you, you know, growing up is hard enough. So um, we're going to continue this as soon as we get back. Uh, we're going to be right back in a couple of minutes. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. A journey through I'm Dr. George Andow, and we have a special guest with us, Joanne Miles. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back. I'm Dr. George Andow, and we're here with our guest tonight, Joanne Miles. We're discussing invisible woundings, what it means to have um, challenges that we grow with physically, psychologically, images of ourself, not just body image, but images of ourself, because we're we're discussing scoliosis, which is a deformity of the spine which makes the whole body deformed on some level. But even though um, I've gotten mine fixed for the most part, you know, with scoliosis, um, the rib cage, you know, normally your ribs are like this. The rib cage on one side crunches down and on the other side, it fans out. So um, you have what's called a rib hump. And um, even when it's repaired surgically, Um, it has to be repaired surgically eventually um, if chiropractic doesn't work because you will have um, compression of your lungs. So it's a medical condition. It's not just a physiological repair at all. And many people, you know, Joanne and I are talking about the shame. Um, It's very hard for our families to understand. So as we function well, and defend against that we have it by doing everything. When we do have pain, they don't understand. Um, And they kind of cast a disbelief over it. How bad can it be? Um, Because we do such a good job hiding it. And I'll never forget, and I I think, Joanne, you have an experience like this. I had parked in a handicap and I got, it's a very funny story. I'm not going to bore you with it, but I was given a handicap sticker and I parked and I was in my body cast. Um, I had to wear a body cast for nine months. I was in my body cast. I could walk after a while, but it was from the uh, groin up uh, to my neck. And I had gotten out of the car. And when I had a, a, a maternity shirt on, no one could could see that I had anything wrong. So a man came up to me and started yelling, oh my gosh, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself using these these handicap spots. And um, I just stood there and I pulled my shirt up and um, I had a t-shirt on underneath um, underneath the, uh, the cast. Um, it was a, uh, it was fiberglass. And um, anyway, he was, he didn't know what to make of it. Joanne, I think you have a similar experience, right? I do. I've had, unfortunately, I've had several experiences. And, you know, just to go back to the handicap sticker, um, I remember at one point in my late 40s, I wound up at my orthopedic surgeons because I was having a lot of pain issues and my spine was, my curvature was progressing. And um, 
I told him that even the most simplest of things were becoming challenging for me, like going grocery shopping, carrying a bag. And he told me not to carry anything heavier, right. heavier than a water bottle. If you carry a bag, carry it in front of you, um, in front of your chest, your stomach area. And he, I said to him, I'm beginning to feel like I'm a handicapped person. And he said, would you like a handicapped sticker? And I was so stunned by that. And he said, you're eligible for one. And I, I immediately, I rejected it. I was actually kind of angry. Then I went home, I thought about it and I got the sticker, but the sticker has led to incidents for me. And one that I can remember in particular, which was uh, demoralizing and, and very diminishing. I, I swim. That's how one of the ways I keep myself fit. And I, 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 I swim several times a week and I was going to my local gym and I had the new handicap sticker and I was carrying a, a gym bag. Now, if you saw me, you'd realize I'm carrying it in front of me. Like it's like, it's an infant. And, um, this couple started following me into the gym yelling at first. I didn't realize they were yelling at me right. but, and I heard them and they were, Oh, look at you. Don't you think you're special? Well, look at that. How dare you take up a handicapped space for somebody else? Look at you. You just walk in here on your own steam. And I was dying a slow, silent death inside, but I, I just kept walking. I just kept walking. And, you know, um, it's funny you mentioned family. Often family doesn't understand. Yes, I, I think the reaction is you look okay, so you must be okay. Now, I've spent a lifetime hiding it uh, through through my ballet training, through my Mar Martha Graham modern dance training, through physical therapy. I've spent a lifetime hiding it, and you'd be hard-pressed to see it. You would. And my husband had accompanied to me to an appointment with one of the orthopedic surgeons, and we were sitting outside the exam room, and I was in a gown, and they what they had, what they did there was they would take your x-rays and clip them up to a metal strip on the wall mm -hmm. it would yes. over the door. And, and there was a person sitting across from me and theirs was up on the door and there was somebody a little further down the hall. And my husband leaned over to me and he poked me and he looked up and he said, Oh my God, look at that poor person's x-ray. And I said, that poor person is your wife. Right. And he was just completely speechless. That's how yes. well I could hide it. My yes. my appearance belied my x-ray. Yes. And you want to hide your body. So even with our loved ones, we would wear a nice nightgown or something, but very rarely allow anyone to see naked body because you see it. You can't hide it. No. You know, when you have a cervical curve, you can hide it easier than you can a thoracic curve, um, which is, you know, between the shoulder blades um, downward because everything gets torqued and twisted and you have a huge rib hump. And um, it's really quite, um, quite challenging and quite wounding. And I, um, I, I wish there was some way to have callers call in because um, if there's anyone on, you know, Facebook that wants to send um, the uh, radio show a, a text or you want to, um, you know, uh, contact me through my website, um, www.drgdau.com, drgdau.com, um, I'd be more than happy to help you um with this because no one really talks about scoliosis no one really thinks about it um it's uh again even in our society it's kept silent there is a there is a a surgeon out at hospital for special surgery who did my last surgery but who he trained under was a dr lanky and you cannot believe the cases that this man has worked on. Mine was a 68 degree curvature. He's worked on curves that were 100 degrees. 
um, you know, a person's head was over on the other side of the room. It is really such a insidious, um, challenging, uh, hidden wound. And, you know, Joanne was talking about, you know, hiding and looking to defend against. Um, when I was very young, because they found mine at 14, because it starts to really show up when you start growing. Um, and I was always very tall that um, I went into modeling to defend against it. You know, no one was going to stop me. Joanne and I have a similar profile. We're not going to let it stop us, which is great. It's a blessing. But um, it really uh, is a way to not deal with the wounding. And um, if we can use our woundings well, that's terrific because that's what we're called to do with our woundings psychoanalytically. And we have to come and face where they did wound us. So, Joanne, you don't need to talk about this if you don't want to, but um, I know you use the words uh, shame and denial. If we could go back and revisit them and um, talk maybe a little bit about how do you think scoliosis has wounded you? How has scoliosis wounded me? Well, it's wounded me physically in that I, I live with chronic pain. Um, it's, it has wounded me emotionally because it has, it, it, you know, it has affected my sense of self-esteem. Um, it wounded me until I met you and another very dear friend of mine who also has it. And uh, I had no one to talk about. And as I said, the time that I grew up in, you didn't discuss these things. They were not discussed. Right. Um, and I also think that it, it was hard on me because I was a very gifted dancer. I was born with, I was graced with certain gifts for dance. And uh, I started my formal ballet training at five and I, auditioned for Mr. Balanchine when I was 11 and I was accepted to the school of American ballet wow. but because of my curvature, it held me back and it affected my stamina. And, um, I, there's another, a little thing that, you know, at the time that I was studying to be a dancer professionally and in the city taking class, you know, all the dancers were complaining, my foot hurts, my hip hurts, my this hurts, my that. And I would just commiserate, knowing that I had something much worse. Mm -hmm. And I would pay the piper. I would pay the price because I was it was wicked pain. But mm -hmm. I, I loved it. And I didn't want to be any different than anybody else. And I didn't want to give up my gift. And I felt, you know... <sighs> I have to say that as a younger person, and I've learned to deal with this, I felt, why am I given this gift that I'm that's that's being taken away from me? That was very hard for me. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, um, let us. That's a great place to come back to for us to look at how the wounds presented us with not only. Um, you know, a woundedness, but how we use those wounds um, to build our lives. So we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it the potential for a more rewarding life, a life that matters. But how do you get there? 
The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster. The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Wisdom to Awaken Your Hidden Genius and Transform Your Life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. That's couragetochange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to couragetochange.us. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So Now You Know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. I'm Dr. George Andow, and you are joining A Journey Through into Awareness, and awareness on so many levels. We're here tonight with Joanne Miles, a friend and fellow wounded person um, that we're discussing a physical wound, psychological wound, and spiritual wound, and how God has helped us to heal and find a journey through. You know, Joanne, you were saying a moment ago that you were graced really at birth with incredible capacity to dance. And I was thinking that nothing is wasted with God. And I was thinking how you were graced with the ability to dance as a way to really help you with the scoliosis. Am I off base or is that something maybe you could talk about? Not off base at all, Georgianne. In fact, I would have to say that all my dance training functioned as a form of physical therapy and emotional therapy for me. Um, it, it gave me, it helped, you know, it gave me a sense of balance because my balance was compromised. No question sure. about it. Uh, it gave me, it helped me coordinate the left side of my body that was weaker than the right. Um, it, it helped me with my overall stability with my skeletal muscular system, but so importantly, it gave me incredible focus and discipline, which was what I needed to, to deal with this health issue. And as I said, it also functioned as a form of emotional therapy because it, I loved it so much. Everything about it, I would go into the studio and, you know, it was always accompanied by a live pianist who would play, you know, all the ballet music, the music of Chopin and Brahms and Mozart and Bach and all of that. It was all Tchaikovsky. How could I leave out Tchaikovsky? And it was also wonderful. I used to just listen to the music and, and love it. You know, and so that was that was very therapeutic for me. It was an, actually an invaluable education that to this day has put me in good stead because there is an awful lot that I must do to help myself now. I work with a licensed physical therapist. I have a daily, uh, I would call it a scoliosis exercise regime. It's specific to scoliosis. And as I mentioned before, I swim. And, you know, I can't just get up and say, oh, I don't feel like doing this today. No. To do it. That's right. That's right. 
Absolutely. It's really mandatory as um, prayer is, as soul searching is, as all of the many layers of wellness that go into wholeness um, as we journey this life. Um, Can you think of times, Joanne, um, that you might have felt angry um, with having uh, scoliosis? Oh, that's an easy question to answer. Yes. Raw gut, unbridled anger. That's why I'd have to qualify it. As I said, angry that why am I given this when my gift is to be a dancer and a performer? Why am I given this challenge? And I know that even though I commiserated with my fellow dancers and we're all complaining about how we feel, I knew I was different because I couldn't bounce back the way they did. I would take professional class and then the next day I was on the couch. Or when I was a dance major at NYU, I'd have to take sometimes two classes a day. And if I, by the evening class, I wasn't really feeling that well. So did I feel angry? Oh, yes. I also felt angry in the lack of understanding. And surprisingly, it wasn't just from strangers. It was also from family members. Again, oh, you look okay, so you must be okay. You know, you schlep in that bag or you do this or you do that. And I... And I, I can't do it, or I, I, I'll do it, but later you won't see me, but right. I will be lying down. Right. That's right. Yes. Without question. And, you know, I think of, you know, people listening um, and, you know, what they can relate to um, tonight. Um, I don't know if a lot of people really are born with or have developed um, physical woundedness throughout their life, but I know that everyone has psychological woundedness on some level. Um, You know, scoliosis offering, you know, certainly a very um, obvious, um, you know, wounding when you talk about it, but because it is so hidden, And because you're walking around um, with something so hidden, um, it is so insidious on so many levels. And um, that makes it even much more difficult, even on a psychoanalytical level, it makes it much more difficult. You know, I picked up the primer Freud at age nine. I don't know what I was doing with it. I don't even know what I thought it meant. Um, but um, it's interesting because everything I lived through, went through um, in my life, absolutely God has used to bring me into the work I, I'm in and to be able to be there with um, individuals um, on all, really on almost all levels. Because in this life, and we're just about the same age, uh, we're in our 60s. In this life, there's very little that, um, you know, I haven't lived through um, on some level. And I think on some level, uh, Joanne, uh, that you could say the same. Yes, absolutely. I know we're just a few months apart, right? Yes, right. A few months apart. So, you know, we, there's a tremendous understanding there. You haven't spoken much about how scoliosis affected you growing up. How did it affect me growing growing up? Well, I I used to dread the annual visits to the orthopedist office. I went every year from the time I was five till the time I was eighteen, and um, I have a stack of x-rays, which now they know is not really the best thing to be doing to be x-raying you annually, but I have a stack of x-rays. I think about that a lot because I I was x-rayed a lot also. And I can remember that sitting in the waiting room and seeing all the patients, many of them were braced 
And I would just say to myself repeatedly, I will not let this happen. I will not let this happen. And that sort of became my mantra. And I remember that um, I needed to get special shoes so I could have a lift put in on the weaker side of my body. Yes. And I went to the store and I was horrified at these shoes. They were ugly. They were ugly. And yep. I was in a very vulnerable time in my life then. I must have been about 12 or 13. Oh, it is such an important age. Such and, an important age. And I was, there's no way that I'm going to wear these. Right. Absolutely. I would walk out of my house in them, <laughs> but I wouldn't be wearing them when I got on the school bus. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot's coming back to me. I'm thinking about it as you're as you're talking. Um, I I tried um, from a young age. That's what brought me into the holistic sciences, which is when I opened the clinic because I, um, you know, I have a, a, a second uh, doctorate in. Uh, it's actually my first in naturopathic medicine because um, I was going into. I was seeking every natural modality to avoid surgery. So acupuncture, uh, massage, um, chiropractic. I went to chiropractic for years and years. Um, And of course it did nothing, but um, you know, you, you, you try, you hope, but um, it really, uh, it's really a, um, something that feels out of control. And they're really not doing much more with it today than they did back then. There's not really much to do with this. Once, you know, it's still, it's idiopathic. It's unknown. Um, I know that they say if you do chiropractic, if you do um, osteopathic, which I did, that most likely you won't need surgery. I don't know if that's true. Because I did all of that and still um, I had to go, I chose to go through the surgery because it was starting to crush my lung. I was having limited uh, breathing capacity. You know, Georgianne, you mentioned these, the spinal su- surgery, the spinal straightening as much as they can in the fusion. Well, it is a continual debate for me internally. And I, you know, at this stage in my life, I feel like, oh, maybe I should have had it because I progressed to 62 degrees and I do have the wounding, the wounding of anxiety and worry. Will this get worse? What will I be like in another decade from now? Will I be very limited in my ability to engage in activities? Will I be limited locomotorily? Will I have difficulty walking? Um, It's interesting though, I certainly have consulted with many orthopedic surgeons and just about, you know, for everyone that says I really recommend a fusion, I've had some that say to me, um, I'm not so sure that that would be the best remedy for you. I don't know that it will get you out of pain. Yes. Guarantee that it will get you out of pain. And there, in some instances, there's no guarantee that you won't be left with neurological damage. This is one of the realities of having a spinal fusion. Yes, absolutely. Especially where yours is located. And we'll we'll take another look at that when we come back. We're going to take a brief break. You're here with Dr. George Anzow and Joanne Miles discussing the silent, quiet, hidden woundings of um, many different uh, types um, with the journey through. So thank you so much. We'll see you in a minute. Bye. Be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? 
Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through. We're here tonight with Joanne Miles. So, um, yes, we were talking about the another piece of the uh, wounding of what's going to happen. You know, one of the uh, silent wounding that's hidden, you know, for me and the worry. Um, and, you know, I've always taken very good care of myself, as I know you have, too, is... Um, If there's any osteoporosis, oh my gosh, that's all I need is to have any type of bone loss in my spine because I have the rod and I have the plates there. But um, the last surgery was really helpful because it let me know a lot about how my body was absorbing the calcium and, you know, how solid my bones were in my spine and my hips. And that was very helpful. So it gave me relief. Um in that way. But again, it is something that we all go through life with something. We all go through life with many things. We all do. And, you know, having a, uh, a physical challenge, I know people that have many of them, um, and you go through life with them. There are people that have none. They don't have any physical challenges that they grow up with. Um, Joanne, we do. Um, and it's fantastic that they don't, but again, we all have something that we go through life dealing with, but what's great about it is it brings us closer to God. If we allow it, if we allow it, God is in it, not creating it, but God is in it in all things and offers us opportunity to embrace a depth of ourselves that we might not other have embraced or met and to serve others. Real quickly, an example of that. After my first surgery, I had to learn to walk again. So I was coming back from physical therapy and I was on a table and the table would bring you up and then you walk and then it came back down. I couldn't walk yet by myself. So I was on the table and I had a couple of days at my belt, physical therapy. And there was a young boy that had younger than I was at the time. I was 28 when I had the first surgery. And when I first came back from the surgery and I was in the bed, I couldn't move, not an eighth of an inch for, I was in the hospital a month, 
for a couple of weeks because they had to let the, the fusion start to take. There was a young boy who came in the room and I could tell by his face he was petrified because I was in a lot of pain and he was seeing me in that pain. And I felt terrible about it. It really bothered me. He had had the surgery when I was healing. When I was coming back from physical therapy, the physical therapist stopped the table and he said, would you like to walk into, I don't remember his name, Josh's room. And I said, yes. And I got up off the table and I walked in the room and he had just gotten out of surgery. So he was very groggy, but he knew who I was. And for him to see me walk in that room, his whole face lit up. He was so happy because he knew that that would be him in a week or two. And that type of thing, it stays with me forever, forever. It was such a blessing. And it is such a blessing to give of yourself, such a blessing. And that's why each and every one of you that joins me here, you know, each week, if you do on this radio station, it is such an incredible blessing for me because I am able to give to you. So thank you. And it's a treasure. So um, Joanne, can you share anything uh, of a spiritual nature in your journey? Um, where you, yes, of course you can. Well, you talked about serving people. And I feel that having scoliosis made me more empathic. And I developed empathy very early on because I was silently suffering. And it informed me as a teacher. And I have been a teacher my whole life. My very first job was teaching creative rhythm and movement at age 17 to underprivileged children. That was my that was the first job I ever had. And I went into the field of teaching and I was a dance teacher and a choreographer for probably 25 years. And then for 25 years, I was an ENL teacher. I recently retired and I also taught swimming and lifeguarding. And what scoliosis did for me with teaching, it really informed my teaching and it, it, and it, And it was one of the main tenets of my teaching, my belief, you can do, you can do to be affirmative, to be affirmative. And I was always sort of a cheerleader with my students, but however, to balance it with a recognition of limitations, that people have all kinds of limitations many of which they have no control over. Yes. And that was a gift. In that way, <laughs> scoliosis having yes. was a gift. Yes. No question about it. Yes. And what a blessing and what a gift that you are, you know, being able to talk about that you were able to find the gift in it. We are called to find the gift and the stepping stones in what seems like stumbling blocks. We're called to do that because we all have them. And, you know, when what suffering is, is when we feel we don't have control. And when there is something going on inside your head and inside your body that you feel you have no control over, that's real suffering. And we can control both to some degree. Um, We certainly can become more aware of our thoughts and that can um, affect our physiology and we can affect our physiology, which can affect our thoughts. That's what holism is. It all is relatable. So um, we have a couple of minutes um, before we're going to end tonight's show goes so fast. And I want to make sure that we have time for prayer. So Joanne, I would like to uh, first just thank you so much for being here and what a blessing you are to so many all the time. Is there a takeaway that you'd like our listeners to uh, take away from your 
your um, your presence with us tonight? Thank you, Georgie, and I, I would. I would like to say the following. People come to you in your life, like you have come into my life, and a few of my other friends who have scoliosis, and whatever the common denominator is, these people are gifts because it's going to help you to understand and you're not going to be, you're not going to feel so alone in life and that everyone, everyone is facing some kind of a challenge. It reminds me of that famous expression, be kind to everyone for everyone is facing some kind of a challenge and you may not be able to see it, but it's there. Thank you, Joanne. Absolutely. You're a treasure. And let us end in prayer tonight. So I just wanted to mention to all of you that um, we are going to, um, there won't be any um, live shows um, after my show tonight um, for the next week or two for a holiday. Um, I won't be back on until January 4th. But I just wanted to end tonight and wish each and every one of you a blessing um, and a new year filled with love and cheer. And for those of us that celebrate Christmas, I'd like to just have us pray that we can recognize that the coming of Christ be born in our hearts again and in the collective consciousness of humanity to bring Christ in the world involves a willingness to struggle through life, whatever it might be that we need to struggle through to learn to love. So love is what we're all about. So I want to thank each of you again. And God bless you. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year to you all. God bless and thank you. Good night. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.